Good morning. <laughs> Again. <laughs> there you go. The Hallelujah Chorus Good Morning Song. It's really awesome to have everybody here celebrating together. Isn't this great? We get to do this every Sunday. Just get up, come to church, be with some really weird people, and have a great time. It's fun, isn't it? <laughs> no, you're not weird. You're great. Well, today we're wrapping up our series called A Way Out. And if you're just joining us, for the past several weeks, we've been talking about the power of God to help us fight temptation. Those things that just overcome us sometimes, that take over. All of us battle on one level or another with temptations. It's unwanted behavior, maybe. Just things that we don't want to do and we do. And we know we should do and we don't, all that kind of stuff. Often it's something that has plagued us our entire lives. Some of these things are even generational. They just seem to follow generation after generation. It could be something that we almost innocent, innocently looked at or, or we saw and it was so attractive, now we're stuck. The key verse that we've been looking at every single week, it's so full of encouragement, so full of hope. It builds our faith. The Apostle Paul said it, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. If you think you're doing great, oh, be careful. Be careful. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. This stuff's not new. It happens to us. So be careful, be careful. And God is, does everybody remember? Faithful, yes. He will not let you be tempted to be beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, we all will be, he will provide what? A way out so you can endure it. No matter what you're facing, no matter how deep the claws of temptation have gripped you, our God is always faithful and he always provides a way out. I don't know about you, but... I've been teaching on this subject for the last four weeks, and would you believe it, I have been tempted a few times. <laughs> a couple of times, watch this, hold on, I slipped. <gasps> How could you? Yes, I did. During the series that I'm teaching, I slipped. What is the deal with that? What is that? Now, I don't want you to think that this series has been a failure for me. It has not. In fact, I've had a couple of really great breakthroughs. And I've, I've talked with some of you. You guys have had some big wins yourself. I'm still confident that many of you will experience great forward movement in your walk with Christ. But we still have that nagging question. Why do I have those moments of weakness when it comes to temptation? Have you ever asked yourself, why am I so weak? Anybody ever ask themselves that? Why am I so weak? If anybody messes up, they're going to say things like that. They're going to say things like, well, I didn't want to gamble again. I know I get in trouble when I gamble, but I felt so weak. I didn't want to look again. I prayed not to look at the thing I'm not supposed to look at, but I felt so weak. 
I'm trying to eat better, but there it was. It had chocolate layers and strawberry stuff all over it. I, I didn't want to eat it all, but I just felt so weak. Why is it that our spirit can be willing, but our flesh so weak? The reason that we're often so weak is because we're not bonded with that which makes us strong. That's the reason. We're weak and vulnerable because we're not abiding in the vine. Where we get spiritual strength from the power of the Spirit of God. That Spirit that lives inside of everybody who calls themselves a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. We're often weak because we haven't bonded with that which makes us strong. When we are bonded with those things that make us strong, we are much more resistant to temptation. I don't care what is tempting you anytime, anywhere, we're most vulnerable when our flesh is desiring things, when, it's, when we're not connected, we're most vulnerable. When we are connected, we're not as vulnerable, we're stronger. Here's something a, a little bit discouraging to me. Well, maybe it's a lot discouraging. At times, people have asked me, David, how did you get to learn so much about music? And I'll reply by saying, well, I studied, and I practiced, and I performed a lot. <laughs> a lot. But guess what? That doesn't seem to resonate with those asking the question. Or... David, how did you get over the fear of speaking in front of a crowd? To that I say, what are you talking about? Every time I stand in front of a crowd, I'm terrified. I've just done it enough times where I know it's not going to kill me. <laughs> All right? But guess what? That doesn't impress those inquiring. People will ask me something that they, they have a perception that I'm at a level that they would like to be. Now, it could be that I'm actually not at a very big level, very high level, but here's my point. They're asking, how did you get stronger in this or that? What did you do to get stronger in music? How did you get stronger at public speaking or whatever it is? And here's the discouraging part. I don't remember many times people asking me, David, how did you get spiritually stronger? I don't get that question much. And, and even if I do, the very few times I have, it's rare that the person is going to do the spiritual workout necessary to become spiritually stronger. That's so disappointing. I mentioned last week that whatever you feed grows and whatever you starve dies. We talked a little bit about starving the fleshly nature. Today I want to talk about feeding our spiritual nature. I want my spirit to be connected to that which makes me stronger because I know my flesh is weak and vulnerable. I also know that I can be maybe strong for a little while, but after resisting and resisting and resisting, I wear out a little bit. And there's going to be this moment when I am not as strong as I should be. Weakness sets in. I want spiritually to be connected to the one who makes me strong because the one who makes me strong always gives me a way out. Always. 
So how do we feed our spirit and become stronger spiritually? How do we withstand the weaker moments of our flesh? I want to talk today about three things, and I'll admit this. If you're not a Jesus follower, you could think these things are a waste of time. I mean, you may not get it at all. If, if you're not following Jesus, if you don't want to or you haven't figured out how to do that yet, these things may seem kind of trivial. I'll take that a step further. If, if you're not a Jesus follower, these three things may sound completely stupid to you. All right? But if you are a committed follower of Jesus, you would have to agree that doing these three things are absolutely essential for your spiritual strength. And I have one rule, one rule today. I want you to choose only one of the three as your area of focus. I don't want you working on all three because if you try to work on all three, you won't work on any. I don't even want you working on two. Just pick one area of focus. You can work on the other two later. At the end of our time together, I'll ask you which is your area, which is the area of focus for you? Where do you most want to pursue God? So the goal today is for you to be spiritually strong and able to withstand weaker moments of the flesh. So how do we feed our spirit to be spiritually strong? Number one, feed your spirit with prayer. Sounds so simple, so normal. Sounds stupid to people that don't follow Jesus. Wow, what do you mean? Feed your spirit with prayer. That's intimacy with God, talking with God, listening to God, spending time with God. Why? Why do we do this? Why do we feed ourselves? Because just like exercise makes the body strong, prayer makes the spirit strong. In fact, Jesus said this, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Very important words here. Fall into temptation. Have you ever noticed no one ever says, I fell into righteousness? <laughs> Have you ever heard anybody say, you know, I was just walking along, I tripped and I fell into holiness, and now I'm so holy I can hardly stand myself. That just doesn't happen, right? Not at all. You trip and fall into temptation. But righteousness or purity is only through an intentional pursuit of God's goodness. Watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. Now, interesting where Jesus said this, when and where. He was in this place called the Garden of Gethsemane. He was just getting ready to be crucified, to give his life. He knew it was all coming. Right after he told his disciples to pray, if they're weak, you know what he did? He felt weak and he prayed. That's exactly what he did. He asked God, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. He knew the physical torture that was getting ready to happen. He said, God, if there's another way, could we go that way? Could there not be another way than this? And then he prayed perhaps the greatest prayer of submission ever. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Remember in week two I talked about my prayer of submission. 
When we're not submitted to God, we're more vulnerable to temptation. When we are submitted to God, our spirit nature is stronger. We're able to withstand temptations that come against our flesh nature. When I pray my Garden of Gethsemane prayer, I tell God that I want what he wants for me. I ask him to help me follow his lead. I ask him to work through me. I'm basically saying, not my will, but yours be done. I don't know what that will look like for you. Maybe it's a prayer like this. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Part of the Lord's prayer. Maybe it's this. God, make Christ in me stronger than the wrong desires in me. Or maybe it's God, please give me a way out. You know it right now whether or not your prayer life is making you stronger. You don't have to spend three days asking yourself questions. You know right now whether or not your prayer life is sporadic and not focused toward God. And for some of you, this is your one out of the three things. This is it. This is what you're supposed to focus on. Strengthen your spirit in prayer. Feed your spirit with prayer. Let's move on to number two. Second thing you need to do is feed your spirit with God's word. God's word. Now, this can be God's spoken word. It can be God's uh, big giant voice. It can be the little small still voice inside of you. The word of God, the Bible, the written word of God is another way God speaks. Okay? I love this question King David asked. He said, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? Great question. And then he did not say, by living according to whatever culture says is cool and fun. He did not say, by living according to what all your friends are doing. No, how did he say we stay pure? By living according to your word. Your word. He said, I seek you with all my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands, the word of God. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word of God became flesh, Jesus, and made his dwelling among us. For the word of God is alive and active. It is not just some history book. It's alive. It's active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It's a sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Wow, that's sharp. Soul and spirit? How do you divide that? Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The Word of God. When we talk about the armor of God, this metaphorical Roman soldier outfit that we put on to fight off the enemy, which could include temptations, all the pieces except one are defensive. The helmet is defensive. The shield is defensive. The breastplate of righteousness, the belt, the shoes, they're all defensive. The only offensive weapon we have is the Word of God. It's called 
the sword of the Spirit. Wow. You know, this is how Jesus fought off all those temptations of the devil after he fasted for 40 days. No food, 40 days. I think he had a little bit of rumblings going on in the tummy. Very tempting to want to eat. Satan comes to him. Hey, why don't you just turn these stones into bread? Jesus took the sword, said, no, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Satan tried again. Hey, you're Jesus. Why don't you have a little extreme faith? You know, it could be a new TV show, extreme faith. Throw yourself off the building and let the angels catch you. He could have done that. Instead, no, it is written, you shall not put God to the test. The word of God. He tried one more time. Hey, you know, I'm in charge of all this stuff down here on earth. Why don't you bow down and worship me and I'll give you so much stuff. One more time, Jesus. No. No, it is written, I will worship the Lord my God and serve him only. Satan lost because of the offensive weapon. He wasn't just being defensive. Oh, please, let me put up my shield. No, he came at him. He came at him. He stormed the gates of hell. Every now and then, listen to me, you're going to be tempted. If you know God's word, you can say, it is written. Got bad news for you, Mr. Tempter. <laughs> You're going down. Greater is he that is in me that, than he that is in the world. That's scripture. You can say, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Scripture. You can say things like, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Thank you very much, Mr. Tempter. See you. I can do all things, not a few, not even a bunch, all things through Christ who gives me strength. And you can also say what you've been learning this month. My God is that scripture. He won't let me be tempted beyond what I can bear. But every time I am tempted, my God will give me a that scripture. That's a sword. I'll find out that way out for me. For some of you, this is your one of the three things. Feeding on the word of God. The bread of life it's called. It's food to our spirit. You know what? It's so easy these days to get the word of God in you. Don't hand me the malarkey. Oh, I just don't get around to it. I don't understand that big book. Hey, you know what? Get the Bible app. Get the Bible app. Put it on your smartphone. You can have that with you all the time. Don't we have our phones with us all the time? Most of us in here have smartphones. You can put the Bible on there. Look, you even have your phone when you're on the throne. Just saying. Okay? All the time. I just embarrassed Terry to death right there. She's going to kill me. You know what I'm talking about. Every time you need to feed your spirit, it's right there on your phone. Something as simple as that. If you can't read at the time because you're driving or working out 
or maybe you're shoveling snow, you can listen to it. No excuses. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, come on, that's just stupid preacher talk. No, listen to me. It's the bread of life. It's the bread of life. It strengthens you spiritually when you feed on the Word of God. It transforms your mind. It takes all the trash out and replaces it with the eternal truth of God. It strengthens you spiritually. It is written. It's my spiritual sword. It's your offensive weapon. You know, some of you are trying to live this victorious Christian life by staying on defense the whole time. You don't even have that offensive weapon. You can fight back against those temptations. God's word gives us that strength. So, you feed your spirit with prayer. You feed your spirit with the word of God. And one more. Feed your spirit with the right people. We talked about this a few weeks ago, but it's worth mentioning, mentioning again. Paul was very direct in his letter to the church in Corinth. He didn't pull any punches. He didn't try to be PC about it at all. He says, do not be misled. Now, if he says don't be misled, he means you can be misled, right? Some of you right now are being misled by believing the people you're hanging with are not impacting your life. The reality is they could be taking you down spiritually. He says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts your good character. Then he says, come back to your senses as you ought. And then watch this. No punches pulled. Stop sinning. He just says it. Stop sinning. He's basically saying, just cut it out. Don't go there. Stay far away from it. Stop hanging with the wrong people. Letting them bring you down and influencing you to do the wrong things. We have to understand this. Being around the wrong people never helps you do the right thing. Being around the wrong people never helps you do the right thing. Quite honestly, some of you may need a friendship upgrade. Now, you don't need to tell them that. Don't go to them and say, hey, you don't make the cut. I'm getting an upgrade. <laughs> don't do that. But the truth is you may have to upgrade at some point. In other words, if you're fighting the temptation to get drunk, if you're fighting that one, you need to stop going out Friday night with the same old gang to the bar. It's as simple as that. Get some different friends. If you're trying to overcome your tendency to gossip and backbite, all that kind of stuff, in, in, in the, the group you run with, just gossips and backbites all the time, upgrade to a new group. This is so crucial to have a victorious life of following Jesus. Being around people who sharpen you, people who strengthen you, who love you enough to tell you the truth. And not 99% of it, 100% of it. Because you know they're telling it to you in love. I have a couple of guys that we can call each other anytime and open up about anything we're going through. Like we can say, hey, I'm really wrestling with this. 
Or, you know what, this just happened to me, could you pray for me? The sad thing is I used to think everybody had that. I mean, I thought everybody has at least one or two friends that they can totally and completely be transparent with, especially if it's about temptation. What I've learned is that this is actually quite rare. Wow. I've told you before why so many people get in trouble. It's because sin grows best in the dark. It grows best in the dark. But there's just something about being able to go to a trusted friend and say, hey, here's what I did, or here's what I'm thinking about doing. There's something about someone who loves you enough to say, you know what, this is twice in the last couple of months that that you've been telling me this. I think it's time to make a change. Maybe someone could say to you, you know what, I'm not going to judge you, but do you really want to change? Maybe somebody could say, you know what? I love you so much, I'm going to tell you the truth. Don't go back there. Don't do that again. Don't do it. You know, let's bump this thing up a notch. Some of you are lacking real spiritual depth in community, in Christian community. Now, I'm not talking about, oh yeah, I said hi to them at church the other day. I'm talking about real, authentic, genuine relationships. We at Cornerstone want to change that. We want you to have genuine relationships, godly relationships, because we know how important it is. In fact, it's one of the three things we do here. Just three things is all we do here. And we believe connecting is one of those three things. You see, we're not only wanting you to connect in a ministry or a group, some kind of, we don't just want that. We expect you to connect. We really, if you call yourself a partner of Cornerstone, we expect you to do that. And you know what? There's no wiggle room, guys. Sorry. There's no, actually in all three of these things, celebrating, connecting, and reaching, there's no wiggle room for us. If you do not like cultivating meaningful, godly, authentic friendships with the people of God here at Cornerstone, well, guess what? You probably need to go find another church. Because that's what we do here. Now, maybe you won't find another church and you won't connect, but you're going to feel uncomfortable. That's okay. You should. God wants us to be together. All right? You know why I can say that? You see, the church, capital C, the church, is not a place we go. We are the church. All of us are the church. We're the body of Christ. We're a team. We have a purpose together. When we come together, we gain strength as we celebrate God together. We, we are strengthened when we open up to each other and care for each other. We're strengthened when we do life together. No temptation has seized you except what is common to mankind. You hear that? No, nothing's weird. It's, it's common when we're seized. So we all go through it, and we're all crazy vulnerable. All of us are. We're a couple of moments away, all of us, from doing things that are totally destructive. But here's the deal. God is faithful. 
right? Where's my amens? Okay. He won't let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. No matter what it is, no matter how big it seems, when we're tempted, God gives us a way out. Why don't we take the way out more often? Because we're so weak. Why are we weak? Because we're not bonded with that which makes us strong. But when we are bonded with things that make us strong, when we're feeding on intimacy with God through prayer, when we're feeding on God's word, when we're connecting to the right people of God, then when we're weak and we are, his strength is made perfect in us. Our God is faithful. He won't let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. Our God will always give us what? A way out. Let's pray. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would encourage us to move toward you. God, I know there are some here right now who recognize their one thing to focus on is their prayer life. For others, it's feeding on your word. Still others, it's focusing on spiritual friendships. We each need all of these things, but right now we each have our own one thing that you want us to focus on. Father, I thank you that today everybody can call on you. And I ask that you would plant deep within our spirit a hunger. Help us to develop an appetite for that which makes us spiritually strong. Those who need to pray more, God, would you just give them the help that they need to become passionate about prayer. Let them be crazy about prayer. God, those who are inconsistent in reading your word, I ask that the bread of life would speak to them daily, not out of duty, but out of devotion and even excitement. And for those who need the right friends, put them in a place where the right friends are available. Lead them to the right people who would influence them to do the right things. God, whatever that one big stronghold is that's been holding us back, we thank you right now that you are faithful and that you will always give us a way out. I pray that when we're weak, your Holy Spirit will make us strong because we're feeding our spirit and bonded with that which makes us stronger. Let's just keep praying. Let's stay in this attitude of prayer. Let me talk to some of you. Some of you may be thinking, being spiritually strong sounds kind of like a foreign language. What does it mean to be spiritually strong? You don't even know where you stand with God. There's this phrase that you've probably heard. It's taken out of the book of the Bible called John. Jesus said you must be born again. Kind of old-fashioned sounding, weird sounding. But it's funny how it shows up in contemporary songs every once in a while. Sweetie, I love you so much, I feel like I'm born again. But it's actually a great phrase. What does it mean? Well, you've already been born physically. But God wants you to be born a second time. Not just born physically, but born spiritually. We're all born spiritually dead. But when we call on Jesus, because of what he did for us on the cross, we're made new spiritually. We're born a second time. Suddenly our spirit is in tune with God. We can talk to God. We can hear from God. We're literally filled with the spirit of God 
And then we never have to fight temptation alone. When you recognize that you have a deep spiritual need and you want to be born spiritually, when you call on Jesus, here's what happens. You're forgiven. He separates your sins from you as far as the east is from the west. And you're made brand new. Absolutely the coolest thing that could possibly happen. You're free. Honestly, that's why some of you are here today. You need his forgiveness. You need spiritual strength. You need him to to make you new. So if you say, that's my prayer, I need this, I want to surrender to Jesus, then here's what you do. You just tell him. Okay, so what? It sounds weird. It feels weird. This, This invisible person you're talking to feels silly. Well, just do it. Pray something like this. Heavenly Father, if you're out there, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you and follow you. I yield my life completely to you. And just in faith, say thank you for my new life. In Jesus' name, I pray. When you pray that kind of prayer, here's what happens. All of heaven welcomes you into God's family. So cool. Is that not all of heaven? All of heaven welcomes you into the family of God. Can I hear a big amen on that one? Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Let's stand up and sing again.